Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. So good. Before we get into the word, I just want to pray. So we've got to all bow our heads. God, would you just bless this time that we have together? I just ask that you would be speaking through me to each and every heart. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be ministering through every situation and circumstance in this room. Would you be bringing clarity through my words? God, I pray for fresh revelations and encounters to take place tonight. God, I pray over each message being brought that it wouldn't fly at the other ear, but God, would it actually leave its mark on our hearts. God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your sacrifice in your name. Speaking on prayer, Jesus, um, he was a perfect example of how we should live our prayer lives. Um, And looking deeper into this, he models obviously how to live a perfect Christian life. Um, throughout his whole um, earthly being. Um, And he knew how to keep Jesus at the center of all things. Uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 21 says, For you you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. John 13 verse 13 to 16, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then the Lord and the teacher washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. So clearly the Bible states that um, Jesus being a great teacher and a great example. Um, One of my favorite things that Jesus models for us is his prayer life um, because I find it so fascinating um, him being the son of God, taking time to actually pray to his father daily. And I think no one ever came close to modeling um, what a prayer life ought to look like so much as Jesus did. Um, We see in the Bible that Jesus constantly pulled away from the crowds and he withdrew from his disciples in order to strengthen in communion with his father. Um, Another God as the center of everything that he did. Uh, Even before he performed miracles, he would pray. And I just find that for me, that means a lot. And what God has been speaking to me recently and highlighting um, for so long is um, Psalm 46.10. And the title of my message is Be Still. Um, the verse says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. And this is a pretty popular verse. And um, I've known it for so long. Um, I actually used to have a ring that my mum bought me, and it said, be still, so, yeah. Um, But as I look into this, the phrase, be still, for me personally, as God was speaking to me, I believe um, it means a lot more than just taking time um, to stop and be still, but actually surrender our circumstances to his sovereignty. 
I think often sometimes we can get caught up in the wrong battles um, and God directs us to stop dealing with things that are actually his domain, that are God's territory, right? So um, for me personally, um, being in school and being a worship leader at school and singing at church, um, I know when my spirit's not right, that's actually when I haven't been intentional about praying and reading the Bible and having my quiet time with God. And I get so caught up on mission and worrying about what others are thinking and praying like so much for other people and I'm just so caught up. But actually I forget who the battle actually belongs to and I have to remind myself of his sovereignty because God has already won the battle, right? Um, So for myself, my quiet time with God is my resting place. God is my home. It is where I refuel. It is where God rejuvenates me. It is how I prepare for spiritual warfare. It is how I grow spiritually. It is how I grow deeper with God. It is my secret place with God. Just like as we see with David as a shepherd, he would spend time in his secret place. He went on to become a king. With Jesus, he withdrew to the garden. Um, and Jesus having the greatest calling on his life and the hardest path, we see that he took time in his secret place. For me, I spend my time in my secret place so that when I'm on mission, I can boldly lead others into his throne room. And I think if you don't have that secret place with God, then how is God going to use you as a vessel? J. Oswald Sanders wrote, Each moment of the day is a gift from God that deserves care, for by any measure our time is short and the work is great. This is simple. If you don't have time, you take time. Change the way you use your time. Another one is be consistent. This is an everyday thing. You have your secret place every day. It feeds your spirit. It feeds your soul. And be still. A reminder, this is not a call to inaction, but a call to surrender our circumstances to his sovereignty. Don't forget who the battle belongs to. God takes all those victories. So my question for you is, do you have a secret place and how often do you return to it? That's all I've got to say, guys. (laughs) Please give a warm welcome to Tommy Turbo. Let's give Jesus a shout of praise as well. Yeah, there we go. All right, so I'm going to start off with a story. So, you know, back maybe when I was like 12 years old, you know, Maddie, my sister, would do the, do the wrong thing quite often, actually. So she would, you know, do something wrong. And I'm like, 12-year-old me, I could get out of jobs doing this. I could, I could use this to my advantage. So when she would do something wrong, I'm like, go do that, go hang out the washing. And I felt so powerful, but I bet she felt terrible. She felt, she would have felt like an absolute slave. Like she would have just felt like she was being used for my jobs. So I was like, oh well. So that leads me to the verse that we'll be reading from my message, which is Romans 6, um, Romans 6, 14 to 16. I've got to open my Bible. Who loves paper Bibles? Am I right? Who's got their paper Bible here tonight? Anybody? 
Oh, we've got one, two, wow, three. You know, usually at youth, when we have like 40 kids, we've still got like three kids. And how many people are there here tonight? About 200, come on. The youth are doing better. This is why we're taking over. <laughs> All right, so Romans 6, 14 to 16 says, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to a righteous, which leads to righteous living. How amazing is it that we are no longer slaves? That we can sit here free from being slaves under sin and be filled with His grace. You know, we do not deserve this. 100% we don't deserve this. We do not deserve to be here and feel that grace and that love. We deserve to be on that path to death, that path that if God didn't, if Jesus didn't die for us, we would be there. We would be dead. We would all be dead. And so we become sinners to whatever we choose to obey. So could be that job, that, that money, that feeling, that partner, whatever you choose to put above God, you're gone. You're off, that, you're off that path to life. You're off that path to righteous living. And so anything that veers us off that path of straightness to God, anything that takes us that way, that way, back that way, we're no longer on that, on that track to living under righteous living, but only through His grace are we on that path to Him. Only through His grace. There is, no, there is nothing in this world that we could ever do to earn that grace. Because we can try as hard as we can. We can worship like we are, but there is nothing that will ever compare to Him sending His Son to die for us. And so, and then there's the grace. The grace of the cross. The grace that God would send His one and only Son. Not the second son, not the younger brother. The Oh yeah, the younger brother, Jesse. Oh, the <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. But he sent his one and only son, his true love for us, for you and me, for me and Ash. He sent him for us. And so that is the only way that we deserve that grace because there's nothing, there's just nothing. Like I can't even comprehend how much I can try and serve, try and earn that grace, but I never will. I will always fall short. I will always fall short. And so, some of you might think that that sin that we do keeps us with everything we need. It keeps us going throughout life. It keeps us from having, having food on the table. It keeps us from having food on the table. It keeps us having things that we want and need. But can I tell you, Max, Matthew 6, 23 says, 33, 33, yeah, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. And so, God's never going to leave you without what you need. He's always going to come through. Those extra blessings, He gives us to them because he, he gives us them because He loves us. Not because we deserve them, but because He loves us. And so, if we're ever thinking like, oh man, I wish I had more money to get this. You've already got enough. You've got what God has given you already. And 
like I said, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve to be, to be loved like we are. We don't deserve to have the things that we do. Only through His grace do we get that. And so, Ephesians 3.20 says, let's have a look. But, oh, 3.20, let me find my verse. I'll just read it off here. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So what this is saying is, whatever you can imagine and ask for, he'll give you, he'll give you that, but you can't even comprehend how much more he can give us, how much more he can give us through that grace, through that love, he can give us way more, way more than we can ask or think. You can think of the most, I don't know, I want prayer for my school, my school to take revival. Go bigger, go bigger. I want it for my community. Go bigger, my nation. I want to go bigger for the world. Can't go, really go any bigger than that, but you know. And so, and then you might think that that feeling from that sin, that, that fulfillment that you get from that sin is temporary, but that fulfillment you get from God is eternal. And so you have to comprehend that even though that, that Friday night going out might feel good at the time, but when you're not in the presence of God, you feel it. You feel that you've not been there and you feel that you actually might feel more away from Him. But when you spend those, those 30 minutes with Him, you can feel as close as you ever have with Him. And so, I'm going to read from Romans 6:17 now, so just after the 16. It says, Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Thank God. Thank God that He came to earth to die for a no-good, dirty sinner like me and you. He came, He sacrificed His Son just for us. When we are feeling that selfish prideful feeling, like we have nothing, just remember we have everything we need through Him. And so, we don't deserve anything. We just, we don't deserve the grace and the love that we continue to get every day from Him. And so, I'll tell you another little story. So, it's not a funny one this time. Um, so, when I became a Christian again, maybe a bit over a year ago, I was fully ready to dive in, ready, and I was like, God, if nobody likes me at school, I will still have you. And so I prayed that prayer, and I was, I was living determined to live through that. But obviously, I still had that doubt of, okay, maybe I was kidding, God, you know, maybe, I, maybe, maybe one or two friends, you know. But can I tell you, those two girls out there have become one of the two of the bestest friends that I've ever had who have, who have taught me how to love one another, love those people who aren't saved, love those people who, you know, you might not get along with. But those, I could never have asked for two better friends than them. And there's still so many of you sitting over here. There's Asher, there's Miles, there's Chad, there's Ash, there's Isaiah. They just keep coming. And it's, God just gives you those friends those, those blessings from when you are um, living through Him and living in obedience, He will give you those things. He will, he will give you them as a blessing. And so, I'm going to switch it up here. So we've got a salvation call right now. So let's everybody bow our heads and close our eyes. So 
Dear Lord, I thank you that we are free under the blood of Christ, Lord. We are no longer slaves to sin. We, are, we can live freely through your grace, Lord. And I pray that if there are any people here tonight that are not feeling free under your grace, they feel that they're still a slave to sin, that they feel like sin has a hold on them, but they want God to break them free, Lord. So I pray if there's anybody here tonight, I'm going to count on... I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I just want to see you raise your hand. So one, two, three. Is anybody here tonight? Thank you, Jesus. All right. Dear Lord, I thank you that you didn't see your hand, but we saw a heart, Lord. We saw the hearts that opened up to you, Lord, and I pray that there would be an overflowing of grace in these people's lives, Lord, and I thank you that the people here already experienced that grace and that freedom. Amen. So... We've got ways that you can, uh, you know, stay, stay coming to church. I remember them. So get connected. Get, oh, no, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Oh, no, not my gun, sir. Not yet. Uh, tell somebody. Um, oh, there we go. Um, yeah, keep coming back. Come back next week. Yeah. Um, find, find a life group. Get connected into a life group. I'm telling you, I joined a life group with Tyvo, and it's amazing, because he gets on to me every single time I'm not there, and even though I'm like, oh man, dang, I missed it. Oh well, I do feel like I should be there, and I love it, because he teaches us so much. So, it is now my honor and pleasure to welcome out, welcome out the one and only Maya Gunser. Can we give it up for these two? Come on, what legends they are. Let's go, let's go. Guys, you're eating into my time. That's enough. All right. <laughs> Come on, there's so much faith in the room tonight. I'm so excited. Well, I want to start us off with a bit of a story. A bit of a story. And last, at the end of last year, at the end of last year, I found myself like doing like so much stuff. And it kind of got to a point where I was like getting really tired, getting really run down. And I had this one friend who's sitting like right there and she would like always drill into me like, you just got to be surrendered, Maya. Like, you just got to surrender it all. Absolutely like abandon all and just surrender because he's what we're fighting for, right? We're fighting for the salvations. We're fighting for people to come to know him. And so, man, I'm not grateful for that friend, right? that friend because the thing is when we surrender it's not about us it's not about me it's not about you it's not about the person sitting next to us because when we surrender it's not about us who's it about guys you already know this stuff it's amazing right because it's all about him so when it's all about him it's kind of impossible to burn out if you're fully surrendered how are you meant to burn out? Because it's not about you. Because burnout is so self, self-focused and, yeah, great. We've got a scripture. Let's go Hebrews. Wow, guys, come on. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Great, I know it anyways. It's cool. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy. 
I mean, we're talking about Jesus in case you didn't put two and two together. But he endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. That joy was you and I. The joy was the fact that we wouldn't burn in hell, but we would be up in heaven with him. That was that joy. Completely self-abandoned, completely surrendered to him, to to God and his call. Because I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't want to go to the cross. Right? Completely self-abandoned, fixed on God, for the joy set before him, for you and me, completely selfless. Who's ever met, like, some really, really happy person? Yep, really great. I feel like I've found, like, a common denominator is that every happy person is not about them. It's not about them. It's about everybody else. It's about serving everybody else, and you know what? That gives them a great Joy. It gives them a happiness. Jesus completely, like, focused on others, carried the joy of the Lord because it was never about him. So my question is, what's our vision? What's our joy? What are we fixating our eyes on? Because it's not about us. It's about him. So who are we discipling? You know, Jesus had 12 disciples, right? Because it was never about him. It was about investing into other people. He surrendered all and he laid it all down for the joy set before him, for you and I, for those 12. Because it was never about him. You know, I have people in my life and one of them is Romy. Can we give it up for Romy? My goodness, since I was like, I don't even know, like maybe six or something, like rock climbing, taking me out all the time. Why? Because it was never about her. She didn't want to go rock climbing. She was at the bottom belaying me, right? It was never about her. It's never about Jesus. What's your vision? What's our great commission? To go into all the world and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not about you. It's not about the saved. I have another friend who I met recently. She inspires me because she burns for the people out there for the people out there, for the people that need it. Because it's not about her. It's not about us, guys. There are people out there that are going to hell, and we know that. But what are we doing about it? We've got a disciple. We've got to fix our eyes on him because he's the prize. It's not about us. And gosh, that's countercultural. Everyone's taking days off, left, right, and center. It's not about you. Get out of purpose. What's your de- what, get out of bed in the morning. What's your purpose? Who are you fighting for? Who needs Jesus in your world? For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. Yeah, school sucks sometimes. 
Yeah, maybe work sucks sometimes. Maybe our family life isn't great sometimes. But for the joy, for the fact that that classmate could be with you in heaven, for the fact that that work colleague could be with you in heaven, it's not about us. And how are we meant to, how are we meant to disciple others if, like Ellie said, we haven't done our quiet time? If we haven't been still in the presence, if we don't know the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well? Most importantly, If you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.